Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with, finally, things are kind of balanced. My co-host here, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's up, man? The stabilizer is back. <laughs> when all, all the rails fall off, <laughs> I got to come back Hey, everything's home. been great, man. You know, we, we missed you a ton, but we held down the fort. Oh, I listened. Yeah. I, I heard. <laughs> I, I heard who's the favorite, who's the most loved. How enjoyable the this beloved. was. The, I heard all those things about, beloved. you know, PJ and, and, and just yeah. the, the, the golden child. Just it, He's like the the Lion King. I know, man. Simba, you know, being it's, raised up. And yeah. That's it. That's Dude, PJ. He, he filled in the seat really, really good this past week. Um, but I still missed you, man. I, I, think, I, I, I thought I he was still you. in the seat as long as it kept going. <laughs> I was thinking I might show up and he's still sitting here talking. We're into you're interrupting as we speak. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, we missed you, brother. You uh, you came back from Germany, yeah, and and that's been uh, that was you still <laughs> effects are still hitting hard on you. Yeah, getting up at three thirty a.m. is not my forte right now. Oh man, so dude. I got to get off this jet lag schedule yeah. that is carrying with me oh, for just man. a little bit. Yeah, before Thing I go is, to you, Israel you were at, and get back on schedule again. This guy, listen, man, he's coming from Scotland. He's coming from Germany. Dominican. Dominican. Germany, oh and then I'm out to gosh. Israel in November. It's a busy season for you, bro. For all the details of our Israel tour next year. Ooh, so That is, that is, yeah. If you guys don't know, Genesis Church is going to Israel, baby. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good, it's man. It's going to be so good. I'm excited, but it's. Uh, I'm glad uh, everything is 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 back to normal. Having you here now, I'm excited. Um, I don't know, man. You're gonna be gone quite a while. We're gonna have to gonna have to bring in some people. Oh, to I'm I'm satelliting it. <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> we whatever will not pass an hour. <laughs> we we had all of our people going. Hey, you guys are like 35, 40 minutes. We need more. Yeah. So we we've been we we that gave hour. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we. I should have known you and PJ together though. Dinner plate was a little I bit more packed yeah. last week, bro. It's 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 good. It we didn't great. plan it, it that way. Really good. Yeah, we I didn't plan to it. it, and it was great because we great we really content. talked a lot about uh, the setup of his message too. Yeah. Just kind of the didn't even know where what angle you were going with song selection. You know how well it everything just went. So, gotcha. It's good, man. It's good, and not that we don't give you that treatment either. So, you do get that treatment. Come on. Yeah, man. So don't don't get jealous. But anyways, man, we are excited. Uh, everything is. In order now, we're back at you. Pastor Tim and I are here, post-Sunday podcast. Welcome, guys. If you are tuning in for the first time, welcome to the post-Sunday podcast. What is the post-Sunday podcast? We are just an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. We just talk Bible here, man. We are going straight in Scripture from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations. We are doing what we've called the never-ending story um, and we're, we're having a blast. We're on episode 40. We've been, we're 40 weeks in and it's been, it's been one ride. 12 is, weeks left. Yeah, man. Until the end of the year. It's, Think about it in those terms. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> 12 episodes left. All I think of and is year Christmas. One is done. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. It's gonna it's gonna be good, man. It's been one memorable time, man. I'll tell you. And uh, like Tim and I, our uh, PJ and I were talking last week. I don't know how we're gonna top this, but it's not a matter of topping. It's just a matter of following God's direction in our life and and what He wants. You told me something about the number forty yesterday. I did, man. I Maybe did. that could apply to this this Ooh. this episode. Okay. I'm going to have to pull that up on my notes because I did some studying on that. I'll be speaking in a few weeks. And so, you know me, I'm the I'm the book nerd and I'm just kind of trying to get to y'all level, you know, 
I need a little more time than you guys. (laughs) I always ask them like, man, you know, you're preaching this weekend. You know, how's that looking? They're like, oh, I am, right? (laughs) I got to put my notes together, man. You guys fly by it, man, but you've been doing it for so long, man. It's it's, it's in you. So the rookie here has to to get to that level and that status. You got it. You got it. But episode 40, man, uh, again, go to GenesisChurchOrlando.com backslash The NeverEnding Story to follow along right with us uh, and everything that we're doing in this podcast and just everything we're doing in Genesis Church Orlando. We're, we got a ton of resources. This podcast has 40 episodes. We have uh, just uh, from this entire year, you can binge on YouTube our entire series, but it's been great. So uh, please, we encourage you to do that. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, as well as X, and on YouTube as well. Hit the notification tab and follow and like us. So, want to dive right in, man. Episode forty. We are on uh, Mark, right? Mark uh, fourteen, John thirteen. John thirteen. Yep. Sorry, my apologies. John thirteen. Uh, we are talking about the Last Supper, and uh, man, brother. Uh, I, you know, you hear these stories on a consistent basis all your life. And, you know, at times you tell yourself, how can I get more out of this? I think I know every angle there is to know. And God just brings another angle that you're like, holy cow. It just, it disrupts everything you've ever thought, you know? That's the essence of the never ending story. Yeah. That is why we have titled it that. Because you keep coming back and the lessons are never ending. The perspectives are never ending. And today, as we, you know, unpack this from this weekend, is that reality that there's so many people that have heard this story that will sit down and go, I know everything there is to it. And that's the worst approach to have when opening up the Bible. And PJ said something last week. So like for me, the way that I'm wired, it's like the antennas are always up. There's going to be a quote. There's going to be a comment. There's going to be something someone says that I need to just capture. So in Germany, I have a Germany just kind of tab in my notes app on my phone and people would say something. The pastor would say something. It would be a phrase. It would be a comment about this. And I just capture them. And as I was listening to PJ from Germany uh, on the live feed, he said that we say real people, real places, real time, right? Like that's how we put things in perspective. And then he said this, he said, um, we know things they didn't know then when we opened up the Bible because now we get the full story. Mm. So we will enter into the story of Jesus. And because we know the story, how it plays out, we think we know so much more and we have to realize that they didn't know then. So if I'm going to stick myself in the story, they didn't know what was about to happen. The, the, they didn't know what was going to happen when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, right? Yeah. However, he said, we know things they didn't know back then. And then he said, but they know things we didn't know back then. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's great. He didn't put that on the screen. He just kind of rolled out, rolled it out. And I was like, that's, that's really good. That's really good. We know things entering into the scriptures that they didn't know back then because we see what happens? We get to keep reading through, but they know things back then that we didn't Mm. in the story. And when you come at it from that approach, you're going, there's some things to learn that they knew that we didn't. And that's where I want to get to. That's where I'm trying, I'm trying to, to land. I want to see what they saw. I want to hear what they heard. I want to, I want to walk where they walked and, and, and have that story come to life in a different way. And that's what we're doing. You know, this, the life of Jesus that we're in right now is really this quick scope, right? It's, it's Matthew one to the Ascension in about seven weeks. It's not a lot of the teachings of Jesus. It's not a lot of, you know, the parables, it's just the scope, but there's this fine thread and really from last week to the Ascension, we got a really tight thread going, right? Of Jesus coming in, Jesus's last supper the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of trying, as we keep saying, to take this big, glorious, wide, but deep story of God and to shrink it. Not shrink it in its glory, shrink it in your understanding so that it makes sense. That's the goal. We want the life of Jesus to make sense to you in a way it hasn't made 
that maybe made sense before. And that's so true. And um, it felt like in the beginning of Jesus's time, as we were teaching through the never ending story in the New Testament, it felt like a water hose of things happening. You know, now, as you said, we're, we're walking on a tightrope now. Now it feels like he's not saying more than he's doing now. Feels like this these these last few weeks we're going to be talking, and you can include last week if you want. Um, it just we, now it's Jesus showing us what the kingdom of God is. I've taught you. I've said what I needed to say. Now I need to show you and be the example of what that looks like. And you, I mean, you you just crushed it this past weekend with the Last Supper, the the visualization the understanding of that, and I want to dive deeper into that because, again, that is that is an example that Jesus showed us of what it is, of what the kingdom of God is made up of, what serving looks like. Um, yeah. And, and This and, is the role of a rabbi. Yeah. This, for anybody listening today, this is the beauty of today's podcast. So whatever that 40 was we were talking about yesterday and, yeah. and the power of that, may apply to our 40th episode today because mm. it doesn't matter where you're watching from. It doesn't matter what church you're in. It doesn't matter where you are on your pace in your walk with God. There, the, Today is like those foundational stones that you want to grab and you want to set in place. And so Jesus is a rabbi and a teacher, but this applies to any person and really to leaders because that is the ultimate goal of a teacher, of a rabbi. It was come follow me, meaning there's going to be a time of teaching. Then it was observe what I do. And then it was going to be go do what I do. Mm. So it was those three processes that really any leader would say, hey, I need to teach you what we're going to do here in whatever field it is. Then you need to see some people that have learned how to do it with their hands or whatever it takes to actually create that field of work. And then I'm going to let you go and you are going to do this yourself. And that is the, the beauty of what it truly means to be discipled. Let me learn. Let me practice. Now let me go perform. Let me go mm -hmm. do perform, yeah. not being on a stage, but perform being, let me go walk this out and, and play this out around me. And that's what Jesus was doing with his disciples for three years. Come listen. Now watch. And then you're going to go do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I was sharing that with you uh, yesterday because, um, right, you know, I'm getting ready to to go through um, a teaching as well. And um, I don't want to give any sneak peeks, but Tim will always um, want to know what we're talking about just so that we don't go off the rails and. Just so you stay in your time frame. Yeah. yeah, yeah, time, you know, and just time management, which is fantastic because, you know, most of us, including myself, we can we can we can go on a tangent for a bit. Um, we've been anointed to speak long. <laughs> oh, man. But um, but I, I, I brought up I was talking to him and I, I said in the sacred scripture, the number 40 signifies new life, new growth, transformation. But I love this part, a change from one great task to another great task. Boom. I thought I thought that Enter was Enter the 40th episode. Into <laughs> this is the episode for all those listening and watching this where you're going to transform from one great task to a new one. Let's go. That's what that's what's going to happen today. Yeah. So lean in. Lean in, man. Uh, you you brought up a big question uh, right out the gate to to begin on Sunday. And it was how could things possibly be different for you? Yeah, that's that's the ultimate question when opening up the story of God, and yeah. that is the the reality of looking at the life of Jesus. Every person wakes up wanting things to be different. There is no one on the planet that is just okay with everything around them. You want to succeed more than you possibly have. You want uh, chaos to change into peace. You want to be a better husband, father, boss, worker. You want to excel in athletics. You want to be a better mom or a teacher or a wife. Everybody wants things to be different. The teaching we're looking at of Jesus is the way to it. Bottom line, 
when we unpack John 13, if you want things to be different as a follower of Jesus, as you said a few weeks ago, this is the way. That's what this story is all about. This is the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. And so uh, basically we, we continue to say this phrase about the Bible, real people, real places, real times. When you begin to have that uh, understanding or when you place that right at the front mat, as the front mat of what you're going to study, I think it really opens up things in a little, in, in a different way. Um, we know things they didn't know then, but as EJ said, they know things we didn't know then as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm going to live with that for yeah, a long time. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, and so uh, what happens when Jesus isn't who we want him to be? Right. Yeah. This um, is what PJ, good, man. you know, put on the T and just kind of bat it off there. But it is the overarching scope of the life of Jesus from the very beginning. We have to wrap our head around that Jesus wasn't what they wanted him to be. And in today's time, he isn't who some of us want him to be. And therein lies a big question, because if we really want to follow him, we have to grasp who he is and what he's about, not try to put him in a box or try to make him something he's not. And we are really bad at doing that. And so we have Christians that would say Jesus is a Republican or Jesus is a Democrat. Yeah. or Jesus is black, or Jesus is white, or Jesus was a social reformist, or Jesus was a UFC fighter. Like I've heard all these different pictures of who Jesus was because we want to make him something other than what he was that fits what we like or what yeah. we want to do. And the reality is to behold the Lamb of God, we have to understand his mission, his message, his purpose, and what he is asking us to do because yeah. of who he is. Yeah. And so you said uh, the Last Supper, yes, Jesus is about to be sacrificed, but also the Last Supper, uh, it's the Last Supper because he is teaching and preparing them for something more. Yeah. Everything's a teaching. Everything is Everything. Uh, for the preparation and the furthering, right? Like, isn't that what we do with our children? Every day is an opportunity for us to show them and prepare them what, uh, how life is going to be, how to tackle finances, how to tackle um, ministry life, how to tackle, you know, um, just everyday struggles, you know, um, families going through a health crisis, moments to teach your children like this is how you handle these moments. And so this is kind of Jesus, this is as, as a rabbi and as a, as a father teaching them this is our final meal this is the final lesson that i want to give you in this time and it's going to be a pinnacle one because it's gonna it's gonna change your whole perspective leadership lesson for anybody listening your life is always telling a story to somebody mm -hmm. your actions your habits your routines the way you handle circumstances conflict chaos whatever it is it's always telling a story. Yeah. Someone's always reading it, i.e. watching it and observing it and listening to it. And so your life is always on display. Yeah. And as a follower of Jesus, that is what he called us to. We are to be a light on a hill yeah. that cannot be hidden by any darkness, right? And so therefore, we have to keep in perspective that whole reality of real people, real places at a real time. Yes, we know what's coming in the story, but we have to also understand that everywhere Jesus went, what he was doing was for his disciples to learn first and foremost. That's why we study it because we want to be disciples of Jesus, right? So that's why we're studying the stories. Yes, the crowds benefited. Yes, the, the, the lame and the sick and the blind and the leper, they benefited from it. But it was always showing something, teaching something, proclaiming something, telling something that first and foremost, he wanted his disciples to know. Because he chose them to be the ones that will eventually go out and they will they will be the forefathers of the church as we know it. Wow. And so here we have the Last Supper. And fittingly so, it's the Last Supper because Jesus is now going to say, I have one last meal. Notice, no one else is in the room. This isn't for a crowd. Just like the Sermon on the Mount, he was taking his disciples up the hillside. The crowds just followed. 
This time, go prepare a room, he tells his disciples, where we can go to. I don't want anyone else around. I want it me and you, and I want one last meal, and I got a very important lesson I want to teach you. That's how you have to approach it. And if that's what he's trying to do in this, how much more should I pay attention to what's taking place in it? Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. And so Luke 22, 24 through 26, they're now in, they're gathered, but now there's this commotion happening. Who is the greatest among among us, right? It's a, the Bible says in verse 24, a dispute also arose amongst them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest, And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. That's that's powerful, man. That's a whole message right there. That is. Right? So this is Luke's account. We're unpacking John's. Yeah. But Luke gives us this detail that while they're in the room, there's an argument. Mm. Hey, Jesus, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? And we live in a world that teaches and preaches and sells a thinking and an ideology of success, power, authority in your career, in your art, in your athletics, in your social media influence, um, whatever it is, we have this craving for like power, for prestige, for Mm. prominence, for all these things in our life. We want to be recognized. We want people to pay attention to us. We want to climb the corporate ladder. We believe we deserve that promotion over that person. It's like we're always fighting to elevate ourselves. It's that influencer culture. Yeah, and Jesus looks at them and says, listen, the Gentiles, let's talk about how Rome is working. They, they, they exercise lordship over mm-hmm. people. And so we see how this is working within their culture. It is There's this top authority, and everyone else is the minion that bows down and does their bidding. And then he looks at them and says, listen to me. So every follower of Jesus, lean into this. Jesus, the kingdom way of living says, it is not so with you. The world works this way. It is not so with you. We don't live this way. We live countercultural to the world around us. So when the world is saying, go higher, grab more power, grab more prestige, Jesus is about to flip that upside down and say, there's another way, the Jesus way, the kingdom way. And this is going to look different. He says, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. And so even in his wording, this is not who they thought Jesus was supposed to be, and this is not who they want Jesus to be. They want Jesus to be a leader. They want don't want him to be a servant. They want Jesus to use his authority as an elder. They don't want to talk about who's younger. All these things that are playing out within this conversation set the backdrop to what John is going to unfold and the picture and what he's writing and recording within this moment of the Last Supper. And we have to understand that we do this a lot. We do this with Jesus. We do this with the disciples. They are arguing who's the greatest in the kingdom. We do this spiritually. Have you heard the people growing up in church that are like, well, I'm just trying to get a bigger mansion in heaven. Oh, Okay, they were arguing who gets to sit close to Jesus, right? But we have this idea that the more I do, the more I'll gain somewhere. Well, I'm just doing this because I'll get more jewels in my crown than other people. So what's the purpose? Are you doing this because you truly love Jesus? Are you doing this because you're, I would say, bad theology, first and foremost, with both of those thinkings? Um <laughs> and misinterpretation of scripture uh, is that if I do these things, I gain something later. Therefore I'll have prominence and prestige when yeah. I get there. Yeah. It's that Santa Claus effect, man. It's like, if I can be good, if I can get all, you know, do all the good things and I'll get, you know, then and Santa will give me the, the gifts that I want. Yes. You know, it's the, it's, it's kind of that same treatment when it comes to God. What blows my mind is that they're three years in now. And they're still acting like this. It just shows you the power 
uh, of this uh, of, of sin of this world and how much it can grab you even in the midst of even in the midst of having Jesus among them they're still talking like this um you know and and, and that just goes to show you the 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 what we hear all the time actions speak louder than words yeah. right and here now Jesus has done a lot of words and brought a lot of foundation but now I need to show you because by showing you that is going to be the cherry on top of everything that I've been telling you about. And without him showing them, I don't know how strongly just the verbal side of things would have been. We won't, we wouldn't know. I'm only assuming, but there's this correlation of his wording with his showcasing that brings the impact, right? Yep. And like, he just, I almost can see him just shaking his head in the, ta- in the, in the table, just kind of, you know, you, you guys still can't get this. You guys still can't figure this out. But I mean, we, we need to put ourselves in the disciples' shoes as well. We're, we, we, we're like that also. Yeah, because they're thinking, we deserve this. Yeah. We've followed him for three years. Yeah. We've listened to him. We've watched him. We've gone with him. We've traveled with him. We, we have ate where he has ate. We have slept where he has slept. We have traveled where he has traveled. We have walked where he has walked. Out of everybody else, we deserve the best seats. Yeah. Right? And and there are so many people that that's, that's their mindset. When I go into a room, I want people to notice me when I walk in. When I sit at a table, I want the better seat around the most prominent people, right? I want to be able to, to, to take selfies with as many influential and famous people as possible and yeah. put it on my Instagram account or my Facebook so that everybody can see that, that I run into people of this stature, that this is like almost wired inside of us to do these things. And Jesus looks at them and says, it is not so with you. This is not the way of a follower of Jesus. This, there's a different way that I am asking you to go into the world. And it's really hard. It's really hard for you. It's really hard for me. It's not like I read this and go, oh, I got it. Oh, I get it. I read it and I see it and I hear it and I observe it. And then I go, man, I struggle with it. Because mm. we all struggle with power and prestige and prominence and, and wanting to be seen and heard and, and all those types of things. And so I, I, as you said, you did it, you hit it on the head. It's like Jesus has this moment and he's told them everything. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to show you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to get up right like. here yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to do something. None of y'all would have thought I would have done. Mm. No one in the room knows this is coming and none of them think this is coming. As a matter of fact, that's what all of a sudden, some of the turmoil is within what happens in John chapter 13. And I think that's why John writes so much about it. John's the only person that takes this event and he writes it over the course of a few chapters. No one else, everyone else just kind of summarizes the story. But John is writing and letting you see all the little details so that you will pay attention that Jesus is doing something on his final night with his disciples. That he's, it's, it's like, it's like a coach before the championship game, right? We've put in all the practice, guys. We've 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 studied in the in the film room. You know the playbook. Now we got to go out and do this the way we know how. Jesus knows I'm about to be crucified. My mission on earth is almost complete. This is the moment. This is the last piece of the puzzle I'm going to leave you with so that you understand when I send you out to go do this what this is really all about. Man, that's, that's powerful. And John, yeah, as we, as you said, John 13, one, one through 18, we won't read all 18, but uh, we'll start with verse one. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of uh, this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, I am doing you. Um, I am doing you do not understand now. What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. So look at it, right? They don't, they don't, they, this is not what Jesus should be doing. We don't understand what's going on right now because this is a position and a moment you're not supposed to be in. A rabbi is the authority and the teacher. The disciple is the servant and the student. What's going on is really what they're saying. And Jesus looks at them and says, what I'm doing right now, you don't understand, Mm. but you will. So he's letting you know this is a lesson. This is a teaching. This is something I want you to understand. I want you to see. I want you to grasp. I want you to know because I want you to go do. And it's funny because within the details of this, he goes to Peter first. Because in culture, Peter would have been the greatest because he was the oldest. Not greatest and like, oh, he's better than all. But from great to mm-hmm. the least was really the terminology from old to young. So he goes straight to Peter. And how do we know Peter's the oldest? Well, for one, he goes to him first. Secondly, we know Peter's the only disciple that was married. So there, his, his, his status was different than the rest of the disciples. And Jesus goes straight to him. Okay, you guys want to argue about who's the greatest and who's the least in the kingdom? Who gets to sit where or whatever? Yet the whole room's flipped upside down. Because we're told John is the one sitting closest to Jesus, and he's the youngest disciple. Peter should have been sitting closest to Jesus because he's the oldest disciple. So everything in the room is upside down. This is the kingdom way of life. It doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. It is folly, Paul writes, to the world, foolishness. But Jesus says, you don't get it right now, but you're going to get it. I'm about to teach everybody here a very important lesson. And, and here's the thing that's, that's freaking them out. And that is not only would a rabbi not do this, but in, in rabbinic uh, interpretation of of the Bible, they would say that foot washing was beno- was beneath a slave. So a, a slave wasn't even to wash the feet of his master because that would almost be like belittling your slave. So Jesus does something that is below the status of a slave, yet he's supposed to be the Messiah and the Savior of the whole world. Their minds don't know how to comprehend this because Jesus is something different than what they want him to be. Mm. PJ did such a great job of just kind of ushering that thought in last week. And for many of us, that's the same thing with Jesus. He's something other than what we want him to be. And the goal is to discover what that is because a disciple is supposed to mimic their teacher. We don't make Jesus who we want him to be. We fall in line and we surrender to who he wants us to be. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth, man. You mentioned something, a real leader must smell like his sheep. Yeah, that came when, when we were in Brazil, and we were sitting with the pastor there, and we were talking, once again, I'm capturing stuff all the time, and we were just talking about the hardship of leadership and, and pastoring, and especially in Sao Paulo, Brazil, the seventh largest city in the world, where 50% of the population lives in extreme poverty. And we were talking about the fact that you're seeing him engage in the life of people, working and serving and setting up and tearing down and not not taking the status of a pastor where like you get the, the parking spot closest to the building, you know, type of a deal because that makes you seem more prominent. And he, he said, someone said, why do you do this? Why do you do these things when you're the pastor? And he said, I, I do them because a, a pastor, a leader, must smell like his sheep, meaning you need to be where they are and you need to be on their level and you need to get down where they are. And this is the concept that we we try to, doesn't mean we're perfect, to lead by and to be an example of. You know, when, when you come to Genesis, we have all of our pastors park as far as they can in the backfield or on a dirt road behind all the modular units. And, and the reason being is because all the spaces around the building are for people. I could easily go put a sign up that says pastor's parking. 
That way, when I get out of my car, I got I don't have to walk very far to get in the building and do what I do. Don't want to take that stance. I want to say that parking spot is for someone else today that might need it, that might be brand new, that that shows up for the very first time, and I'll go to the very back, and then I'll walk. And when I walk, it reminds me of all the spaces around me that could be filled that day, and I just begin to pray and begin to talk to God as I'm coming into the facility. Yeah. It's a different approach. Yeah, it is. It is. We got to be in the trenches as leaders with our people. Yes. And so... But Peter, we see Peter here, he's, he's given some resistance as Jesus is doing this act. Um, he says in verse 8, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Um, verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Yeah, so there's there's a lot here. And a lot. There's, we want to focus on the thrust of it. Yeah. At the same time, there's some prophecy being spoken by Jesus. Mm. Because to look at Peter when he says, you know, you can't do this. You can't, you can't do this. You can't wash my feet. Right. And Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So you want a connection to the crucifixion and the resurrection. Look no further than Jesus looking at Peter himself and saying, if you do not let me wash you, if you do not let me make you clean, if you do not make, let me make you whole, you have no part with me. This is the gospel. Wow. And it's, and it's being shown in a glimmer, even in this moment of foot washing, Jesus is reminding them, if you don't let me do what I came to do, and you don't let me do what I need to do, then you have no part with me. It's all for a purpose. It's all part of a mission. It's all part of the message. And so you, you, you begin to understand that Jesus is also letting them know, hey, listen, not everyone here truly wants to follow me. Yeah. There's 12 of you, but one of you really doesn't because I'm not who you think I am. Or who you think I am. I'm sorry. I know who I am, but I'm not who you think that I am. And you're going to struggle to the point where you're going to walk away, you're going to betray, and you're going to do your own thing. And there are many of us that wake up every day, and we can't handle who Jesus really is. So we try to make him something he's not. And when we find out that he's not that, then we walk away from him and we betray him. Wow. That's, it's, it's, it's great stuff, man. You could unpack so much in that, just that, that scripture alone. Um, but I love that, man. He, Jesus, he, he, he's, Peter is a part of a bigger plan than he understands at the moment. And if we put ourselves in Peter's shoes, isn't that how our lives are? We're a part of a bigger plan, and we, we, will, we will not know the details all the time and what God is doing, but we know that he's working. And that's the same, this is the same example. And it's almost like, it's man, it's Peter almost got himself out of this story. Like you almost like you got yourself out of the good part of this story, man. You almost eliminated yourself out of like the climactic moment of this story, literally almost. And Jesus literally has to tell him like, don't do this, man. There's a bigger story ready to happen, and if you are not going to do this, you you cannot be a part of what's going to ha happen. It's crazy, right? Like he, hold the, on, just the, park the right power there. of our choices. Sit in that. Keep keep going. The power of our choices, man. No, like, keep going with that. Whatever you're in right now, that's perfect. That is that is something to think about, right? Yeah, there. like, dude, like this is this is the makeup of a story, but it's 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 it, it's God gives us the will, right? to decide to to go forward in whatever we want and we could either be part of the story or we just don't and peter had literally a, a fork on the road moment here i'm either going to be in this story or i'm not going to be in this story and 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 i don't know it's it's kind of re revelation because it's 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 like the peter that we know almost had a moment where he just exiled himself from this grand story and, and Jesus had to get his attention again and say, buddy, 
if you don't do this, I can't have you in this story. You're not going to be in it. And it's crazy to think that because we know what Peter ends up doing and he makes the right choice. But what if he didn't, right? What if he just said, I'm not going to have you do this? Like, he could have had that. He could have made that simple decision, right? Like, good or bad. Jesus wasn't forcing him to do this. Jesus wants to do something good. Yeah. And he doesn't know if he wants to be in it. That's insane. Some of us don't realize that's happening in our life, right? Jesus is trying to do something good. And because we can't comprehend what he's up to, we can mess and what he wants to show us and teach us, we went out. So this is now, you know, let's just let's let's ping pong real quick, right? Because this is what my mind will start doing. Let's go back to 40. The number 40. This is the 40th episode. 40s all throughout the Bible. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 days of rain, you know, with Noah. Every single time, new life, something new. God's teaching, God's testing, God's, God's, God's seeing, testing what's in your heart to know. And in, in every single circumstance, whether it was a nation of Israel or it's, it's Noah and the people around him or it's, it's Peter in this moment, when we don't know what God's up to or what Jesus is really trying to show us, we struggle with it. And more times than not, God has something really great ha- waiting on the other side of it. Yeah. But we went out of the wilderness. We went out of the boat because it's been raining for far too long all around us. We want, we don't want to be the one having our feet washed. We, we think we should be doing that for him, but we haven't been doing that for him. Right. And so, as you said, we, we take ourselves out of the moment where God is trying to really show us something. And I was talking with a pastor this morning that's getting ready to launch a church and they had the rug pulled out from under them. Ugh. The facility they want to be meeting in literally came in this week while they were putting signage up. No, we're not going to let you meet here. And as they were speaking and, and they're broken and, you know, and I'm just trying to encourage them. Um, the name of their church is the living room church. And they're like, so we're just thinking maybe the first service we're going to have to have in our house, in our living room. Let's go. And I said, I said, listen to me, God is telling me to tell you this right now. He's in control of all this. And if he's writing the story, why wouldn't a church called the living room church not have its first service in your actual living room? Do you not think that God knows what he's about to do and what story he's about to write? But I don't know what he's up to. I don't know what he's doing. We know that anxiety and we know that worry and we know that stress and, and, and the things that we've been marching towards just got pulled out from us and it's in a different direction. And you have the disciples sitting down, not knowing why they're in this room with Jesus. They don't realize they don't know then what we know Mm. now, but they know things then that we didn't know then about how this should be playing out. They don't know he's about to be betrayed. They don't know that he's going to be crucified the very next day. And they're like, wait, you shouldn't be doing any of this. You're our teacher. You're our father. We're the child. You're our teacher. We're the student. You're our master. We're the servant. This is backwards. Mm. And it's like Jesus is saying, exactly. (laughs) You are going to live your life backwards if you're going to live it for me. It will not match the culture. It will not look like the culture. It will not act like the culture. It will not seek what the culture is asking you to seek. It will be completely different. This is the kingdom way. Yeah, man. The older I get, um, and I'm not too old, but I've gained a little bit of wisdom. And the the, the more I'm surrounded around you guys, my wisdom level is increasing a ton. Um. When you were in a position of, 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 of the unknown, I think you're in a good place, man. You know, like, it's just, I guess we get so eager. We get so eager to know the next move, to have our hand on in control of the, the steering wheel, that we just are very uncomfortable not knowing the answers of certain things in our life, but actually that's actually a good place for you to be in. That's actually the best place to be in. And I think for someone hearing, man, I think if you're in that position in your life right now where you don't know what the plan looks like, you're in good ground, man. Bloom where you're planted. Like where where you are in the situation you're in, I'm going to make the best out of it as much as I can. 
God will, will make the rest out of it. Um, but it's a great position to be in from what I see in scripture. Yeah. When you don't know what's happening, you're, you're, you're in, you're in line for, for something great. The disciples <laughs> don't know what's happening. They don't. Yet they're in a room with Jesus. How many of us would want to be in a room Gosh, with Jesus? Man. And how many of us would want to That's hear That's the part they Jesus don't know, teaches? right? Like How many of us would do. want the Messiah <laughs> to show us the way, yeah. exactly how it's supposed to look? And they're right smack dab in the middle of it. Man. And here's this cornerstone lesson about, about servanthood that Jesus is trying to get them to understand. Yeah. And really, it's... It's the term, I would say, humbleness. That, that, that's, that's the key to all of it because that's the story of God for the people of God. Yeah. And so when you look at this story and you see what he did and what he was trying to get them to understand, when he tells them, like in verse 15, for I have given you an example. Mm. So now he's, now he's back to teaching. He was teaching the whole time, but verbally teaching now, right? Yeah. So he told them, it's not so with you. You're fighting over who's the greatest. That's not the way it's going to be. Now I'm going to show you through this act of washing feet, which none of you think that I should be doing and none of you would want me to do. But then he says, I've given you example that you also should do just as I have done to you. So this wasn't just for you. This is for you to understand. This is what you're to do for each other. And as I said Sunday, here comes the problem. The problem is trying to figure out who Jesus is and if you really want to follow him. Because what we find out is that Judas wants a rescuer from Rome. This is what PJ was telling last week. This is what Hosanna and salvation is all about. This is what he's looking for. This is what he still thinks the Messiah is supposed to be. This is why not all but some Jews don't believe the Messiah has come. Because when he comes, he will set up his kingdom for Israel, mm. right? And so that's what they're continually looking for. While Jesus, Judas is looking for a savior from Rome, Jesus came to save us from sin. Judas's immediate problem is the authority of Rome over Israel. He doesn't pay attention to your bigger problem is not Rome. The bigger problem is sin having the authority over your life wherever you go. And Judas is okay with Jesus, the teacher. He's okay with Jesus, the, the soldier, Jesus, a revolutionary, Jesus, the, the, the leader. But he's not okay with Jesus, the foot washer. Wow. We are not washing people's feet. We are here to conquer and win. For the sake of Israel. So this act was a, a disappointing one in his eyes. Correct. Yeah. This is this. I'm not saying this is exactly what he yeah. was thinking, but this is the picture that's starting to be painted of what Judas Iscariot, we know that that word Iscariot, you know, carries with it kind of a rebel, revolutionary. We are here to fight against Rome and take back our land. Yeah. We're not going to succumb to them. And Jesus so far has been a great leader and a great teacher, and he's done the miraculous. But this whole servant foot washing, like, I'm not, that's not the Jesus I want you to be. Man. So I'm, I'm leaving. I got a different agenda. And there are a lot of people that Jesus is not who they want him to be. And they're really no different than Judas. Wow. This is why they walk away. This is why they, the, the, they deconstruct their faith. This is why they say they used to believe, now they don't. This is why they no longer attend church, because Jesus wasn't something they thought he ought to be. Wow. And so they spent their life conforming Jesus to their will and to their plan when Jesus is showing us, bend your knee and surrender to my will, my plan. It is my kingdom, not your castle. And this is the reality of following Jesus. Yeah. Your mission versus his mission. Correct. Your way versus his way. Volunteering versus serving. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about this, you know, because there's a whole bunch of people that they just don't get this, right? Um, whether it's a lack of understanding, whether it's ignorance, or whether it's just pride and rejection. Um, 
sometimes we use the word volunteer too much in the church. Mm. We're always looking for volunteers. When the reality is we're all servants. If you follow Jesus, you're a servant. Jesus is doing the act of a servant when he's washing feet. And wherever you go, you're a servant of God. You serve God and you serve the body of Christ. This is why he gives you gifts. This is why he gives you talents. This is why he gives you abilities. And for far too long, what we have is people, not just in the church, but everywhere, in their home, in their career, whatever, I volunteer to do a good deed here or there. Instead of, no, I consistently and faithfully serve wherever I can. We can we can get this wrong in the church in that, like, hey, where are you good at volunteering and serving? What are you really good at? Instead of just having a heart like, you know what, I'm really good at singing. So put me on stage with a microphone. I'll volunteer for that. But what if we needed people to help park cars just so that people could come onto the campus? No, that's that's not me. That's for someone else to do. Do, do you see the difference yeah. in, the, in the understanding? And Jesus is trying to get his very disciples to understand this idea of servanthood. We are servants of God wherever we go. When we went to Germany last week, there's there's a moment where we want to take over the event and say it should be done this way. And I have to pull people in and go, listen to me. We are not here to do it our way. We are here to serve them. So let's listen to how they want it to be done. Because we have this struggle for power instead of being full of humility. And I had a guy come up to me at the end of the service after I got done preaching there. And he told me in his broken English, he said, I haven't been involved in this church because I want power. He says this to me. He says, whatever area I'm in, I want the power to pretty much control it. And he's crying and he says, and God's really, really, he said like in his broken English, like cracked my heart today, meaning broke my heart, cracked my heart that, that you're not, you're not, to try to be the one of power, you're to be the one to serve. Mm. You know, instead of being the one to run the group or run the room, what if you were the one just setting up the chairs in the room? Wow. Right? That's the difference between power and humility. That's the difference in being what you want to be versus what God is calling you to be. And that is an inner struggle we all have. It's for power. We want you, many people would say, I don't want power. But if you try to control something, if you try to manipulate something, if you raise your voice to be heard, whether you're yelling or just trying to be loud, um, people who want power, as we talked about on Sunday, they degrade everyone else around them because it makes them look more important than the people around them. They throw shade so that it seems like they're more needed than someone else is needed. They dismiss the work of others instead of celebrate it. And I learned this in just studying leadership that the loudest person in the room is most often, most often is not the smartest, right? You want to be heard, but you really don't have what the room needs. And for many of us, we have to do a self-evaluation. You said last week on the pod, where's the mirror, right? Where's the mirror? Do you really want power or are you willing to be humble for Jesus? Because this is the way of the kingdom. Humility versus power, this is this is the story. Yeah. And when you are humble, you begin to, when you seek humility, let's say that. I don't think any of us are humble. <laughs> when you seek humility, you begin to understand things different. My life verse since I was a kid, written in my Bibles. Now, my family's life verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, been passed down from like our grandparents. But as a kid, it was 1 Peter 5, 6. And I wrote this, I have this like in my, in my elementary age Bible. Wow. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in the proper time he may exalt you or lift you up. And what Peter, Peter, a disciple, the one who had his feet washed, is now writing to the church is stop trying to exalt yourself. Stop trying to create your platform. Stop trying to create your prominence on your stage. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll do the lifting up. But we flip that around. 
We want to be lifted up, and we pray that God will lift us up, and we want Jesus to be the one to lift us up, and Jesus doesn't want to lift you up. He wants you to bend your knee and wash people's feet. This is the way of Jesus that he's trying to get them to see in the very last moments of their life with him. Man, yeah, that's that's truth, bro. We spitting today. John 13, 14 through 15, if then your Lord and teacher have, have washed your feet, you also wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, as we said earlier, that you should do as I have done to you. And so context with that, disciples to disciples first. Right? Yeah, like we have to keep the Bible in its context. Yes, yes, you can take this passage and you can take it and broaden the beauty of it. If you're a servant that was willing to wash the feet of people, God is going to work and do great things through you. But don't miss that Jesus was telling his disciples to do it to one another. Mm. What we do is we step into this and go, oh, I can do this. I'll go wash the feet of a stranger. Or I can easily get on a plane and go to a different country and wash the feet of someone I'm only going to spend a week with. Yeah. Yet we fight in the church. <laughs> we don't love one another in the church. We don't celebrate one another in the church. We don't serve one another in the church. We do none of this to each other. We're willing to do it to somebody else. And Jesus says, you, to do, you should do this to one another. First and foremost, this is where it begins. And so for those that are really wanting to walk in the way of Jesus, ask yourself, how am I washing the feet of those in my home? How am I washing the feet of those in my church? Before I go outside to, to non-believers and to people around the world or whatever, am I starting in some of the most important places? This is what Jesus is telling his very disciples to do. This is the act of humbleness. It's it's easier to say you're humble to go help a total stranger that you have no connection to, yeah. right? I can go to Brazil and I will walk into a favela and I will see a kid with no shoes on walking through the mud and I will wash their feet and put brand new shoes on them and I will feel good about myself. Guess what happens? The pride comes back. Mm. Look what I did for that child. It is a lot more uh, mind-changing, heart-changing to bend down and wash your feet that I'm with every single day. But if we don't learn to do that, then we will, we will become prideful. Mm. We're not perfect, but this is why we are a church of pastors, not a church with a pastor. Guess who gets to make that decision? me. Why do I make that decision? Because I know I struggle with wanting power. And if I make this all about me, when I'm done or when I'm gone or when I pass on, where does Genesis go? So if Genesis is God's church and it's about him, then it can't be all about me. So I have to say, we have pastors, not a pastor. People are like, oh, that's so good. That's so different. Yeah, it's different. Because if not, it's about me. I don't need my face on a billboard. I, I don't need to, to, to have that. If I do, I know where it will take me. I know where it will go. This is why we don't talk about in our church on Sundays how big our church has gotten. Because I know the struggle is if I start to play that game, it will become a, all become about something it shouldn't. Numbers. Now, can we celebrate that? Yes. Can I say here on the podcast that in 13 years, a church that was told we were going to the graveyard of church planning in Orlando, Florida, 13 years ago, is now running multiple services and over a thousand people. I celebrate that success, but I don't hold on to it. This is why we say a DNA piece of this church is people on mission, not people in seats. Notice what we keep doing. We keep deflecting the pride full part of it. Yeah. It is about people over the program. Do we do a nice program? Do we do a nice podcast? Yes, but it's about the people, the people listening, the people writing in, yeah. their questions, what they're learning, what they're growing, people over the program. Why are all these things in place? Because we are human beings who want to become prideful people. And Jesus says, this is not so with you if you follow me. Yeah. So we have to flip it upside down. Hmm. Washing 
defeat is a posture of the kingdom for the benefit of other another. Yeah, it's not the it's it's not for my benefit, that's for sure, but it's for the benefit of others. You benefit when I spiritually per se, feet washing is come do this and let me celebrate you. Yeah, and come speak, come be part of the podcast, host this thing. Put it together. I can say, this is my podcast. Let me sit in a room by myself with a microphone once a week, stare into my, my computer, and it's all about me. Last week was phenomenal. I don't have to be here. God used you. God used PJ to tell of his glory and his goodness through the never-ending story of God. That's the beauty of all of this is, is when you begin to realize that true humility actually creates strength, not weakness. When you humbly allow others to succeed and benefit around you, then something changes. And this is why we ended with the passage in Micah. Because here in the book of Micah, the prophet is ending and he's saying there's a problem with Israel. And the problem is that they want to do whatever they want to do and they come back and they think, hey, if I can give the most glorious act of worship to God, then he'll be pleased with me. Why? Because when he's pleased with me, then I'm recognized and I'm important in his eyes. So what should we do then, it says? Should we bring a thousand rams? Should we give the firstborn of our son? Like what big act do I need to do to get God's attention so that he pays attention to me? This is what we do in our faith way too often. And then Micah ends with this moment. He says, he has told you. You know, I don't want to say you need to pray about it. But some people are like, I just want to know what God wants from me. And I'm praying all the time what he really wants from me in this circumstance. Sometimes stop praying and open up God's word. He has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? So anybody listening and anybody watching, anybody asking this question, how can I do better? What can possibly be different? How can the circumstance, my marriage, my home, my kids, my career, whatever it looks like with whomever it is, how can it be different? To do justice, which is treating each other right. It's all throughout the scriptures. The Old Testament, it's in the laws. The New Testament, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. To love what? Kindness. You serve each other. You wash each other's feet. And then he says this, to walk humbly with your God. This is what God has required of the nation of Israel. This is the stamp on the Old Testament. And Jesus shows up in his last moment and says, what I want you to learn in this last moment, you don't get your feet washed. You wash other people's feet. This is the way of the kingdom of God. This is the way, man. Woo. That's good, bro. We didn't even get to our um, post-Sunday post podcast question of the week. That's how, <laughs> that's how good this thing got, so we man. We can end with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can do that. We can uh, do that. No, let's save it for next week. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that. it for next week. We'll do that. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we want to give you guys... Uh, good enough food to chew on and be excited for the following. So we're we're looking forward so, so to it. So today, let's just yeah. say this, 40th yeah. episode. 40th episode. Something great to something greater. This is the, the, the symbolism of 40 that you said. Anybody listening or watching, here's your takeaway right now. In what circumstance, what moment, and with whom? Instead of being full of pride and trying to seek power and authority, do you need to become a foot washer of? It may be your spouse. It may be your kids. It may be your boss. It may be someone in the church. It may be a neighbor. But when do you hear the words of Jesus? Everyone's going this way and everyone's doing it this way. It is not so of you. What you don't know now, you will begin to understand later. Ah, so good, man. Woo, episode 40. We are, this is a good one. This is a good one. Mark this one down. Bookmark it. It's going to be, <laughs> be top notch, man. I'm, I'm so looking forward 
to you guys, just uh, the feedback we get from this. But once again, man, thank you for joining us here at the Post Sunday Podcast. If you haven't followed us in any social media platforms, please take some time. TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, like, uh, comment, subscribe, share this, and leave us a review as well on Spotify and iTunes. It helps just the podcast get more, more exposure. And we will, we would love that. Truly appreciate that. But again, also uh, send in your questions. If you got questions, post Sunday podcast at gmail.com. We'll love to answer those all the way from Genesis one to where we are now. Uh, Whatever questions you have, we want to be here and a resource to help you guys out as best as we can. So hope you guys enjoyed episode 40. We can't wait to be back with you guys next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.